Around four, the clouds cleared. We were able to see the full moon across the valley. I was part of something bigger. I was part of a movement. Next morning, we wake up to the sight of perfect swells coming off the point. And from then on, I said, I will always buy the last round of drinks. At Patagonia, we are climbers and skiers. We are surfers and anglers. We're activists and dreamers. Stories of the fabric of our shared culture, and we're proud to sponsor the Dirtbag Diaries. Visit us at Patagonia.com. Uh, my name is Rangy Smart. I live in Rancho Cucamonga, California. I uh, am a math high school math teacher. I teach ninth and tenth graders. I'm a father of three and soon to be a fourth. My wife is um, due like any day now. Rangy is also a mountain biker. He's been riding since he was a teenager growing up in Utah. Now, when he's not teaching algebra, coaching wrestling, or spending time with his family, he's exploring Southern California's single track. I mountain bike pretty regularly, uh, two or three times a week, and usually more in the summertime. So last year, Rangy, he's off exploring an offshoot of one of his favorite trails, Marshall Canyon, and he's on this ride called Webb Canyon. I come down around this corner, and there, just like, bam, out of nowhere, I just see this huge, you know, what looked to me as huge, um, wooden plank type of a jump that just looked like it literally just launched off into oblivion. Jump, booter, huck, whatever you want to call it, the ramp of plywood and the two-by-fours crested a slope. It carried over a ridge, over dangerous rocks, and if it all went right, it would deposit a rider and a bike 20 feet down the hill. It was the type of thing Rangi had only ever seen in mountain biking movies, the type of thing he thought only a pro could do. I got up to it, and I was literally, I was just like awestruck. I just couldn't believe that there was like something like that right there in my backyard, I just thought to myself, what kind of a nut job actually rides off stuff like this? Just, I started to get a sick feeling in my stomach, just like, man, how awesome would that be to actually ride off that? How cool does that feel to just, you know, let it go and just fly off of that and fly through the air and land, you know, 10, 15, 20 feet down the mountain? I remember telling my wife about it that day. I remember thinking about it for most of the rest of that day. I remember that night as I got into bed, thinking about it again and just wondering what that would be like to just ride off that. And, you know, I just kind of said to myself, hey, you're, you know, 33, you got three kids and one on the way. You know, you need to kind of grow up. Time passed. He searched for excuses. His bike lacked the suspension to pull it off, etc., Rangy let the jump fade from his thoughts. And then, one day, while surfing the internet, looking for information about local trails, he came across a YouTube video. There, in front of him, was the jump. And the person going off of it wasn't a pro. He was just a regular Joe with a regular bike. A lot like Rangy. Sitting there at the computer, all of a sudden, I get this feeling again. You know, the same feeling when I first saw the jump and I first started to dream about doing it. I get this sick feeling in my stomach and my palms start sweating. And, uh... And I want to do it as bad as ever. The jump began to consume his thoughts. At night, in the moments between class, when he was out riding. Eventually it gets to the point where I, I feel like I'm thinking about this so much that it's like kind of, you know, robbing me of whatever I normally should be thinking about. Finally one night I just say, I'm doing it. I'm going to do this. And uh, so I committed to myself in my head first. 
And before I backed out of it, the next day I thought, heck, I better start telling some other people about this. I told my wife and she didn't think it was a good idea. Um, I could tell she wasn't going to shame me into anything I didn't want to do. Um, so then eventually I told some of the guys I ride with. They uh, you know, didn't really have an opinion one way or the other. Um, my brother, I told him, and he definitely was going to hold me to it a little more than the other guys. But once I told my classes, I got 160 students, and I started making verbal commitments to them and talking, you know, I, hey, this jump is this high, and I'm going to ride off of it. And uh, then it was like it was over. I, I had to do it. So, I mean, basically, like every single adult besides your brother was kind of like, mm. Maybe not such a good idea, but then all the 15 and 16 year olds were like, do it. Absolutely. Yeah, the adults, <laughs> you could tell there was some voice of reason in there. They're like, well, you're providing for a family. And, you know, my wife had actually recruited some of her own friends. And they're like, don't do it. Don't do it. You can't do something like that. You've got three kids now. And, you know, my own buddies were like, well, the teenagers were like, oh, yeah, you got to do it. Got to do it, Mr. Smart. Make sure you get the footage. We want to see it. So, Mr. Smart was going to go big. He called his biking friends. They set a date to ride the trail. But the week before, Rangy went out to inspect the jump. He wanted to see it one last time by himself before the big day. I looked at it and I just thought, it looks doable. I can do it. I'm going to do it. I'm, uh, I'm not going to basically let these thoughts and the worries and the concerns of, of whether or not I'm going to do it and what it's going to feel like, I'm not going to let those things rob another week from me. I'm going to get this done today. He was eight miles from the trailhead, with no one else around, no one to help if something went wrong. But Rangi was sure this was the moment. He made ten dry runs, calculated speed, drew lines in the dirt to guide his trajectory. And then this song echoed through his iPod headphones. Got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. Hank Williams Jr., a country boy, will survive. And I figured that was the only sign I, I needed. And uh, I committed to myself that the next approach, no matter how bad or good it felt, I wasn't going to touch the brakes on. Basically, as soon as my tires left the uh, wood, I just remember just being paralyzed with fear. And I just started to drift off that edge, and it just felt like my front tire was falling to the ground faster than it should be. But there was nothing I could do. I couldn't pull up on the handlebars. I couldn't even manage to take a breath. I Sure enough, I did land front wheel first, and it felt like I was just stalled on my front wheel, and like my bike couldn't make up its mind whether or not to, to push me over the front or let my rear wheel safely land back down. And But he stuck it. And I let out a little scream of excitement and coasted down the rest of the hill and up the other side and let out another scream, this one a little more defiant than the one before, and jumped off my bike and chucked it into the bushes. <laughs> you, th you threw your bike into the bushes? Yeah. <laughs> I just see, well, maybe like you'd celebrate after you'd won the X Games or something. I don't know. Uh, that was just the instinct. And, you know, looking back on it, I'm sure I looked like a total idiot. Luckily, I was by myself because... Um, I had to look like a fool. Why do you think you needed to do that? Why does that provide something that, that you maybe can't get out of everyday life or, or, or is different? 
Why, why do you need to do that? Honestly, that's a tough thing to explain to people. <laughs> I'm, for me, um, conquering fear just feels so good. It feels so gratifying to say, you know what, I have this fear, but I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that in my head I thought I couldn't do. And, uh, that's, that's a gratifying feeling. Here's to another year of big ideas. Another year of slaying giants, bearing down, not giving up, chasing daylight, paddling in, and fostering change. Today, we bring you the hopes, the dreams, the goals of professional athletes, regular Joes, moms, dads, soldiers, students. And the funny thing is that if you strip away the names, you can't tell who is who. So here's to the dirtbags. Here's to Mr. Smart. I'm Fitz Cahal, and you're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. My goal for 2009 hmm, is to get a job that I actually enjoy and motivates me, and I can use my degree. Raise enough money to complete the Kamchatka project in Siberia. That's probably the big objective on my plate for 2009. A group of kayakers are headed to the Kamchatka Peninsula uh, in Siberia, Russia, to work on a salmon conservation effort and raise awareness to the issues surrounding preservation of that salmon habitat over there. Put up a route in this area called Lime Gulch, which is in Northern California, and um, there's a lot of rock and not that many routes there, so I'd love to be able to put up a route, which would be my first route ever. I think a huge goal for me in 2009 would be be part of a team that goes back to Yosemite and, and tries to become the first disabled team to climb the captain. Uh, I have a goal of skiing at least the number of years old I am, which is which is a common goal between Jen and I, as well as a subtle contest to get the most numbers, which I think she's ahead of me by one right now. The goal that spills over from 2008 is also just to show the climbing community and just the outdoor industry in general, just what it's like if a uh, person who has strong faith in their life, uh, you know, just a a real guiding force in their life is just as normal as as every other dirtbag climber out there that, you know, we're just as as sane and normal as as they are, as as all of us are. Okay, my goal for this year started out by uh, was to win the ice festival this year. The Uray Ice Climbing Festival, yes. So, so you've already completed your goal for this year? I did already complete my goal for this year, actually. <laughs> Has anyone told you you're an overachiever? <laughs> I have been told that at times. Goal-oriented is like what I like to say. What's up, Taylor? How you doing? Live, live, live broadcast? <laughs> no, fortunately it's not live. We can't be live. I haven't quite I haven't quite figured out how to poach my own little radio tower and get by the FCC. What are your, what's your goal for 2009? My big goal 
and our family's big goal is to take a trip to uh, India for a couple weeks next Christmas. I think it's important for me to um, to make sure Miles knows and and, and learns and uh, gets a gets a good understanding and rich introduction and all that to to that side of his his background. It's important that we do do what I can to. Uh, help introduce him and help him understand his, his multicultural background. And It's kind of weird because if, when you achieve something that you've worked so hard for, for and you've something that you've dreamed about for a long time and you achieve it, it's like, now what? So this year I'm kind of thinking more of just climbing other places, traveling uh, and trying to climb somewhere that's tropical and warm and sunny. <laughs> I'm thinking pina coladas and uh, yeah, sunny weather and tans and sport climbing. Dunk a basketball is not happening. Do a backflip definitely not happening. Uh, Century Bike Ride is on here. Publish a book is on here too. Get a gig that involves wearing a mascot costume for a day. I uh, raised $3,600 for Big City Mountaineers by doing a summit for someone climb uh, Mount Shasta in June with uh, three of my friends. I only have one goal in 2009, and that's to take two days off in a row every week or every other week if I can. Take my mom up a Colorado 14er for her 59th birthday and uh, ride the Cocopelli Trail with my buddy Nick hopefully in Thanksgiving. I want full days off, no computer time, two in a row at least. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Have you thought about putting your computer in the backyard out to play for those two days? My number one goal is to not get injured. I'm actually talking to you from the women's locker room at Asante Lakeside Fitness in Tahoe City. And uh, I'm about to go and wail on my hands <laughs> to make sure that I don't tear my ACL again. <laughs> I thought about it a little bit, and I think, I don't, I don't know. I've never really set, I have never really set, like, goals like that. You know, whether it had to do with, you know, school or work or anything. When I've got something or something I want to do, what, I do it. what do you say when you apply for a job and they're like, are you goal oriented? Uh, I probably lie. Say, oh, <laughs> of course I'm goal oriented. Who isn't? So I've been walking up and down these streets and nothing ever seems to change. My wife Jenny and I are going to do this Wasatch Back relay with 10 of our friends. It's a 180 mile relay. And so I'm going to help her get in shape after uh, having a baby last year. Uh, 2009 for me is not going to be the year of the ox, it's going to be the year of Ryan and I'm going to take the world by storm and I'm going to create the antidote to cure your poisoned assets and become the pen pal of Oprah Winfrey. I'm going to kick ass and take names, I'm going to climb to the top of the mountains and, and it's going to all culminate in fame and fortune that's going to be the result of HTTP colon backslash backslash www.thisdayinbaldhistory.com. Check it out. To go out to remote places in the world to try and gather cyanobacteria. In specific, the expedition goes to Samoa to collect cyanobacteria for cancer research studies. Uh, pretty much I have two fundraisers set up. On the, the website that I have 
for this climbing for cancer research idea is this climbing program where we actually send out collection kits to climbers because climbers go everywhere. And the more samples we can gather, the greater diversity we maintain. And we really need that diversity for testing because that's what gives us the greatest opportunity to find something that will be useful um, for cancer research. Do you have any other random goals besides curing cancer? <laughs> well, my goal right now is to get as strong as I can in the gym because I wish I could spend more time on climbing. Right now I hit about three times a week and I'd like to hit four or five. My goal for the new year is to drink more water. Sounds kind of simple, but... Um, let me explain. Um, I'm kind of a normal guy. I don't uh, have the uh, access to the big waters or the big mountains or any of that. I'm, I live in central Texas, and actually the, the rivers around here are all dammed to create lakes. We don't even have real lakes around here. But I still love to go outside and do whatever we can outside. My wife and I, we ride bikes, we climb rock, we rollerblade. And I was thinking, all that stuff creates one thing, and that's a thirst, a thirst of water. And that's my goal. I want to get outside, do more things, live the adventurous life as much as I can, which will cause me to drink water. Music today. Thanks to our good friend, singer and songwriter, Jacob Bain, who you may remember from episode 5. His new project is Publish the Quest. All the songs you heard today were Publish the Quest from their album, The Threads. You can check them out at myspace.com, Publish the Quest. Best of luck on your journey, Jacob. What about my goals? I've left them in the comments section on our site, dirtbagdiaries.com. Go check them out and leave your goals and let us know what you're up to. Thanks to all those who wrote in with submissions. We had a bunch, and I wish I could have connected with all of you. People, we have t-shirts, finally, I know. If you're interested in supporting the Dirtbag Diaries and looking good in the process, go to our site, www.dirtbagdiaries.com, and look for the link on the sidebar. It will take you to my brother Walker's Etsy page. Each shirt is hand-printed by Boy Wonder himself. As always, support for the show comes from the good people at Patagonia. Check them out online at patagonia.com. I'm Fitzka Hall, and you've been listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. It's not always easy. It's never easy to see the truth inside these words. Because they can be arranged in so many different ways, and those truths can all get burned.